welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we are a little bit biased. I am your host, Brian and Casey. You can find me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the podcast on Twitter. That can be done at at HEFpod. Follow us on Facebook where you can find all the latest Eintracht information in the English language all in one convenient location. That is facebook.com slash HEFpod. You can always drop us a line uh, via email. That is heyeintrachtfrankfurt at gmail.com. So, here to talk about a rather uh, the kind of match that really makes us just talk not just a whole lot of nonsense and nonstop at the same exact time. We have a very, very, very full uh, panel tonight. So uh, trying to hit everyone is <laughs> me at the starting point. So uh, we have Nathan and St. Hey, Louis. Brian. <laughs> uh, how are the cards doing? Are they gonna make? Are they gonna make the playoffs? I don't know about I don't that. Know. I don't know. It's dicey. <laughs> Maybe enough baseball talk for here. But this man does love his Rangers uh, from Dallas. It is Brian in Houston. How are we doing, guys? Eventually, you'll have to explain to explain to everybody why I mentioned the Rangers, and yet you do live in Houston. So, in case anyone's like, "What the heck." Well, I grew up about 10 minutes from the original Ranger Stadium, <clears throat> and uh, and I moved to Houston in 2009, so I never broke my allegiances with my uh, with my DFW sports teams just because oh, yeah. I moved to Houston. So the Rangers are, are always going to be my team. There you go. And, uh, of course, continuing around the horn, we have Chris in Detroit, or... Someplace on some river or some body of water. Chris, how are you and where are you? <laughs> I'm good. Uh, I am vacationing in the southwest of Michigan. I spent the day on Lake Michigan in Saugatuck um, in the Gull Valley area near Kalamazoo. So great, <laughs> great area. I'm enjoying the vacation from on track, but I'm ready to get back into the chaos. Speaking of vacation, back from vacation in Europe itself. It's a Matt in New York. Matt, good to have you back. Good to be back, Brian. I wish it was with better circumstances. Uh, <laughs> you're telling me. All right, fellas. <laughs> well, just to wrap, yeah, better circumstances indeed, because, you know, we're talking about a match that the Eintracht did not win. In case anyone had been living under a rock, it was Eintracht won Bielefeld won. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, look, I will be the. I'll just point out the one bright spot that that needs to be pointed out. We uh, we didn't lose. There you go. We didn't lose on the road. Yay! Okay. Uh, <laughs> I can see everyone is chomping at the bit to just go at it. So, <laughs> Nathan, I'll let you go first. Uh, I think it's a tale of two halves. I don't think we're ready or gelled as a team yet, and it's obvious our midfield has problems, our offense can't score, and our defense can't shut down. Um, there was a lot of pressure from Bielefeld in the second half and of some in the end of the first half, if I'm being honest with myself, uh, that 
should have been, we should have been in control, but we weren't. And it's frustrating. And <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how much more to this team. This team needs to grow together. Um, this team is expecting certain players to be on the pitch and not walk off in protest. Um, you know, they were expecting a transfer period to come. And so they just weren't playing. I don't know. They, that's, that's, it's frustrating to see. Indeed. Indeed. Um, let's see. So Brian, I know that this is a tough subject for you. So how about it? <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, it's a frustrating game because like we should have won that game. And you knew, like, the, I know Bielefeld was putting pressure on us, but I I never at any point really thought we were going to break until they actually did. And then you realize that we have to score another goal, and you, you kind of know in the back of your head we're just not going to right now. So, you know, that's it was when that goal went in, I, it was just completely yeah. deflating. Yeah, so I think everyone here has had that moment in their lives following their American sports teams, and uh, yikes, <laughs> yikes, Chris, yeah. you've been uh, you've been quiet. Uh, though you have not been quiet on our Discord, in case anyone has not joined the Discord chatter, please consider <laughs> it. Because <laughs> goodness <laughs> sakes, it is lively as that you can get. Well, hey, let me give you my thoughts on this one um, pretty quick because I don't want to go too much into something that's just going to make me drink even more than I do now. But, you know, we, we expected a loss to Dortmund. They were clearly better. We knew going in they were better. They had more talent. They outplayed us. Clearly a loss. And then you go to Augsburg. You dominate the stat sheet. You say, hey, you know, a point's better than nothing. We're, we'll improve the next time out. So then we come out the third match of the year. That should be the one with all the kinks worked out in a, in a match where we clearly have more talent. And we put together another great possession game with no result. So I don't – I mean, I'm kind of glad uh, a lot of changes were made. And, you know, we're going to get into that. But there's just nothing positive to take out of the first three matches of the year. And – you know, that's pretty deep already. We're, we should have our feet under us, and we don't. Our top score is a freaking wide winger. Uh, and a wide, she's almost a wide receiver. <laughs> fantasy football mode for you. Uh, our, 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 literally, our best player is a winger. He's our top scorer. And it's so funny. It's so ironic that our first goal of the season was a normal goal. It was such a slap to the face from last year, being that our like our second you know, top score of the season. But we literally just don't have a front three. Like, Bore doesn't do anything. Doesn't connect with Kamada. Doesn't connect with show. Um, I was hoping Kusic would have had a more of a better impact in the midfield or anything like that. I mean, he had some shining moments, but nothing super effective. There's just such a big disconnect between the midfield and the you know the front totally. half. Totally, definitely see it in the field. Like, there's a huge gap between the defenders and you know where the attacking and the midfielders are. Yeah, we're suffocating the defense, but like we have no one to pass the ball over to them. You know, it's just gonna it's gonna be yeah. rough because. Now we're having playing four in the back, which is you know definitely a good, good idea. We're playing with a mentality with three in the back, and you know straight up attacking, which is you know it's it's difficult. We're like yes, we're a talented team, but we're no Real Madrid, we're no Barcelona. Like those are the kind of teams that can kind of pull that off, where they 
four in the back turns into a two in the back, but oh my god, there's no connection yeah. whatsoever. And I get it. Like it took a while for Andre Silva to, you know, work work his way in. I mean, hand up. I I <laughs> I hated him. I despised him at first when we when we when we first came. He did nothing for us, and then you know it took a while to adjust, which I guess it makes sense, but. Holy moly! But you know, like, I, I like I, I give it seven games for a boy to do anything. But at the same time, it's like, geez, like we're not we're not a team that can afford you know seven games exactly. with no attacking force. We if we were to make changes as close as we were last year, um, this is not going to cut it. It's just not. There was no point in that match where you said, "Hey, we got the firepower. Uh, we're going to come through. We're going to succeed." Last year we had that endlessly, even in the rough patches of the season. There's nothing at this point in the year that makes me think tied late in a, in a match that we have any opportunity to flip a switch and score a goal. Yeah, right now for sure. It, it's 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 just it's just hard to fathom. I mean, now like I mean, it didn't help that Custis didn't play because probably saved <laughs> a couple more balls over totally. freaking you know dope. At, but at the same time, like, I mean, now, I know we're going to talk about this later, but now we have Sam Lammers, who, you know, he hasn't played meaningful soccer in the past two to three years, but he's a tall, lanky guy from Atalanta, which also has the same kind of mentality um, in terms of soccer philosophy than we do with that, you know, high press mindset. But it's, we're in a, we're in a, we're in a very funky situation, which kind of doesn't surprise me because it's typical Frankfurt style, but it's... It's a shame because I thought we were going a positive trajectory, and it just seems like we are not taking like a step a step back. We're taking a whole five yeah. steps like back. Like it's it's tough to see after you know great you know two three years even four years if anything. But does it feel like we're running in mud? Like we're we're moving, but we're not moving forward. If that makes sense. Yeah, I definitely understand. I mean, it's hard if, with all the changes and stuff like that. You know, it's been. It's a while, you know, diff- different, you know, manager, different head guy mm-hmm. with the transfers, different, you know, scout. Like, there's a lot of change that's happening right now. And, you know, it's tough to, you know, kind of bounce back from that. Like, I, 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 I'll be honest. Like, I don't think we're going to make yeah. it in the top ten. Like, if, you know, we continue like this. Like, and it's a little bit expected because of, you know, all the changes that have been happening. But I thought with the past three years what we've learned you know we could have kind of transferred that over and you know making all these you know huge sudden changes is just it's where you know we're 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 being asked we're asking them to you know climb mount everest when they can't even climb you know the anironics mountain yeah you know and we climbed anironics mountain right now but you know we (laughs) lost a leg and an arm so we're crippled well the 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 thing that concerns me is that so Croatia is telling Glossner that, you know, the transfer period's not going as as we wanted it, and so you're just gonna have to wait a little longer, and so you have the team that you have until the deadline, which is what kind of happened. And but so with all this this all these people who stayed on the team, all like we only really brought people in, we only lost one person. You'd think that we have the depth, so we we should be able to tread water until we get that team. But yeah, to to your point, Matt, like it scares me that we can't tread water with our depth, and that 
that means a lot going into uh, multiple tournaments. I mean, it's 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 great because I mean, this has been a great transfer window, and I guess we'll segue right into it now. Um, like we have we have a total of thirty two players on the roster currently. You know, um, you know, counting Costich, counting Eunice. Um, you know, as much of a shit show that has been the past couple of weeks <laughs> um, and months. But like, it's like, and then I guess Amani Torore, who's literally a like his bones are made out of glass at this point. He's, Practically always injured, and then we lost so or, or not so Hoda. So yeah. we have total of like what twenty set or thirty plus players right now. So the depth is definitely there. Um, you know we have um, what's it called? We have um, a, a veteranship with Makoto Hasebe. You know we have young talent like Aiden Husic who can definitely be good. Daichi Kamada, you know he has his moments. Like when his moments come, you know they could be important for us. And the way the season's looking like every single moment right now is super important to us. Um, and then, you know, JPH, Jens Peter Howell, you right. know, so far so good. You know, no red flags in that guy. Um, Rafael Bore, you know, give it until match day seven. See how it happens afterwards. I hope we see a lot of Sam Lambers because uh, I think he's going to be exciting, um, even though he doesn't play much soccer. But he definitely has a great... Um, Great resume with Henriken or the other Dutch team I just can't pronounce right now. And then, I mean, we have the depth. We definitely have it there. It's just I think the chemistry is definitely missing. Like I said, a new coach, yeah. new vibe, you know, new talent. Like there's a whole different new, new aura within, within inside the organization. It's it's weird. It's 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 definitely affecting us clearly. I mean, we haven't won a, we haven't won a single game in four meaningful games. You know, and one of them. Was a two nothing loss against a third or fourth mm-hmm. uh, league team, like and Mannheim out of everything. Like my aunt was there, like holy crap! <laughs> like I've never seen anyone younger than sixty years old when I got in town. It's it's you know it's rough. Like yeah. like I had but, like, but guys, there is I had one such positive. a great I had such a sorry I, I had such a great vacation like from the mentality from a work getting away from work. But literally watching these Frankfurt games and just believing all this crap about Nudis and Kostic and you know us potentially getting meniscus and oh my god, I was I, I was honestly more stressed out than my day to day job. <laughs> like I was, it was ridiculous. Oh my, it was. Oh. When I was using Sheffield there is one guy. positive though. It, you know, if we look at the way Hauga has, you know, he he's not flashy. He's not doing crazy. Uh, stuff that we've seen from our big scores the last few years, but he's finding himself in the right place to finish off opportunities. And that's great for us because when you're having a hard time scoring, those garbage yeah, that's goals what are the supposed ones. to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, what did Andre Silva do for us well, most he's of the time? Be doing that score penalties. Bore, sadly, will not be doing that for a second. Now, True. if anyone remembers last week when I started going on a rant, a one man rant that might as well might as well have just had like sirens blaring, <laughs> you know. Nathan, can we can we can we do that in the future when I have one of my rants that we just had like in the editing phase we just do this like blaring siren bit just to kind of warn everybody. Oh yeah, uh, I did. I, look, I did my look. I did my research. I did my research on this and Bore. Look, he yeah we we know he can play. He's you know prove. 
he's looked at times, you know, interesting, but, you know, you just get him more time and then stuff will just, you know, kind of just come through. Well, you know what? Right, he got called seven. up by, he got called up by flipping Columbia and guess what they're going to do? They're going to bloody La Paz. They're going to Bolivia. And in case anyone's wondering, uh, you know, you spend more than 18 hours there, you're just falling over because of lack of oxygen. Uh, that's a red listed country. So guess what? He just plays in one con- He just plays in that first World Cup qualifier, and he has to be in quarantine the moment he lands in Frankfurt for two full weeks. It's going to be three match days, two league matches, and one Europa League match. I just think uh, is we want him to have a chance, and it's kind of hilarious that we get Lambert just out of necessity because, oh, yeah, we remembered. Um, we kind of want to get rid of Paciencia, so we need to find somebody because, <laughs> you know, Bore won't have a chance to play for another. We're not going to see him until, like, mid, like into late September, it, and it really sucks. Yeah. But I will go back to one to, to what I thought was a really good bright spot. Um, Eric Durham. Uh, playing back on the right, I thought he looked actually quite good uh, creating the goal that Hauga put in the back of the net. A little bit more of that, please, because that definitely reminded me of the Frankfurt that yeah. we have gotten to know over the last uh, couple of seasons. That was That's that really little was. that little taste right there. You were just like, "Son of a bitch, we're back, baby!" And <laughs> then, yes, okay, we can then then insert re <laughs> yes, folks, then reinsert <laughs> the rest of the freaking like fifty minutes of just crap that we just kind of piled on. But I just thought I would point out, you know, the real, to me, bright spot that I did see in the side. Because, you know what, we want when it comes to uh, Lambers, our new signing we're about to start talking about, all the transfers that have happened, is the fact that if we're going to have guys play for our team, I want them to play like that freaking uh, Wimmer for Bielefeld. Because that dude suddenly came out of freaking nowhere and... Like lit the entire yeah, match did. on fire, and it's ten minutes that he was on there. He bossed the entire thing, and all I could think in my head was, "Who the hell is this guy? Why doesn't he play <laughs> for us?" But, anyways, uh, um, yeah, we should get back to uh, the, the our, our our scheduled uh, program. Per the notes, say that we need to talk about transfer. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, three that have entered. Uh, I'll go with the first one. Igor Matinovich uh, is a young German uh, youth international, age 18, has already made his debut for St. Pauli and scored in his debut and uh, looks to be a guy who's going to be able to grow. We have signed him to a long-term contract, but he is going to be staying with St. Pauli for the remainder of this season and the next. So, you know, this guy freaking takes off. We'll be getting the kid ready to rock and roll with the Eintracht at age 20, fits that German quota, yeah. and you know what? Who knows? Uh, maybe he is the exact replacement or upgrade on Silva because what Silva did last season was incredible. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say on that. Because um, it just sucks because it puts Ragnar Acha out of the spotlight too. Because who I would have, I've actually been kind of the two of them. That sounds. I mean, the kid looked. I mean, the kid is the size of my leg. He needs to fill himself out. But uh, Ragnar, uh, Ragnar can just kind of yeah. knock people over. He's a 
Bull in a China shop kind of character. And hey, you sometimes need to have like two attackers that are yin and yang that can play off each other, like a good cop, bad cop sort of thing. I mean, to use a very different kind of reference point, you know, you need two guys that can kind of, you know, when one uh, runs at the defense, you want another guy. Well, even to hold up the play, you need another guy to just go at him, you know, have that courage, that skill. Uh, to run out in the attack. And I like what he can bring. Uh, Christian Yaki, uh, if anyone uh, knows how to uh, correct my pronunciation of that, please uh, let me know. But this gentleman is joining the Eintracht on loan from Dinamo Zagreb. Um, he's been at a career um, uh, Croatian league mm-hmm. uh, player. The I'm not sure what the heck the name of the league is. Uh, went from uh, the small club split, not Hajduk split, uh, RNK. Then uh, went to another club, Lokomotiva, and then has been at Zagreb since uh, 2020. So uh, to me, look, he he fits he fits the bill. I haven't gotten someone to give me a very good scouting report on the guy, but. You know what? In the lead up to uh, his transfer, guess how many matches this guy has already played in league in Europe? He's played in 12 matches so far. 12 matches. Woof. Guy's already, uh, the guy's freaking ready to go. So the sheer fact that he is not uh, called up by the Croatian national team means that he's going to be able to spend time with Glasner in terms of uh, getting to know the rest of the team. Um, Interested to see how fast he's able to adapt to the Bundesliga, but the sheer fact that he's been playing with Zagreb, a team who on paper should, would, if inserted into the Bundesliga, be able to hold their own, probably kind of fighting off relegation, so to speak. But he's kind of gone from, you know, two, uh, kind of reckoning it out at two uh, Croatian league teams before making the jump to one of the two big fish. And uh, in uh, the previous season, his first season with Zagreb, he played in 46 matches. I mean, over Europe and league. So the guy is going to be – the guy knows how to play in the Europa League. So, he, hey, experience is experience in this sort of case. So I, I look guess forward to I guess we definitely need the help on the defensive side of things. So yeah. I mean besides him, we only have Elzanka, who I think we should play more. We have Hasebe and then so and Rustic now the defensive side of things for us, you know. Yeah. Rustic, uh, he's he's more well, he, he shouldn't be a defensive right. player. He's way more offensive than defensive, that's, which is rough. Um that's the experiment. They, they've been playing more they've been playing more with like a single defensive midfielder, and then Rustic—he's playing more like an eight, like a just a a switchblade yeah. knife, not a switchblade, but like a, a Swiss Army knife type of midfielder. So, you know, I honestly, he, and he's been playing okay. Like I think Rustic did a good job in the last, you know, in yeah, the last he was certainly game. asked to play a slightly different position that past game. And, uh, it was free roaming, and and So's been one of the best defensive midfielders in the Bundesliga this year. So you know he's been great. Yeah, we, it just sucks that we can't. You know, <laughs> like, like we let five go against 
five. I guess. I mean, I guess I got to start being a little bit more positive here because I mean, I guess letting go of <laughs> five kill against Dortmund was rough. <laughs> clean sheet against Augsburg. Got to look at the clean sheet, which you know, when's the last time we've done that? Um, and then you know, I guess the one one time, which is a tough pill to swallow. Like right? that shot should have never happened. Be ill filled. Years. I don't know why anybody step, didn't step to it, but. Bielefeld, like we're not getting results against Bielefeld or Augsburg, like that's that's yep. that's a red flag. Like Alarm Stufe Wolf, how the Germans would say it. So it's 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 rough. It's it's definitely rough. Yeah. Hey, just remember this fun 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 fact when it does come to the Bundesliga. There are four teams that have a worse points tally so far, and each one has a former Eintracht employee leading the charge. <laughs> At Hertha, they Hi-oh. have zero points, and Gladbach have one. <laughs> I mean, Kramer's a I'll, bitch. I'll say this. I mean, <laughs> about Jakic, I, we definitely need some depth <clears throat> in defense, but I feel, I, I feel like the only reason we pulled the trigger on him is because Rota's injured. So, I, I'm not really excited for for him to fill that talent. I, I'm I've never been the biggest fan of Rhoda to begin with. So if, if this is the replacement for Rhoda, I can't expect it to even be better than him. So <laughs> I'm not I I my hopes aren't very high. Kind of ballsy giving the six number six shirt to them as well. It's kind of like nuts. <laughs> I didn't think he was gonna deserve the number six shirt. Oh, that's just public opinion. Because I have no idea who he is, you know, like a sh- I've done research on it, but I know nothing about it, you know? So, I mean, I mean Croatian League, who cares? <laughs> talk about a... Well, might as well find out. Talk about a player who uh, pulled a pulled a card on his team um, to demand a, to be to leave for a different club. Jakic. <laughs> Jakic. Oh, well, hey, you know, it, nothing against Zagreb, but I'm tr- but Frankfurt is a much more cosmopolitan city. And look, this guy ends up being a good le- Bundesliga-level contributor for us. I mean, or just like, you know, regardless of whatever Bundesliga club that he would be on. Unless, of course, it's Bayern or Dortmund where you're held at, or I guess Leipzig to a slight degree, where you're held at a higher kind of state, like, you are expected to be in the Champions League every season and have to be performing at this certain level. Not that anyone can see my hands right now on an off <laughs> podcast. But I, look, with his age and you know his career trajectory, you know why? Who am I to say that he doesn't turn into a, a decent player? And if he didn't just somehow blossoms. All, we're all the better for it. But uh, Sam Lammers, we've kind of mentioned him a little bit. Uh, his big, his club that he, so he went through the development at, uh, at PSV Eindhoven. Um, but when kind of put, when he was placed on the Eredivisie team, didn't really kind of come off. Um, he spent a year on loan at Hiddenvin. Uh some American listeners may recognize uh, some former American internationals who also played at Hirnveen. So uh, we'll kind of go from there. But yeah, he then earned his move to Atalanta. Atalanta is a very, very special and very attacking style of club. But, you know, they, he just couldn't. He just didn't get enough uh, minutes to kind of justify uh, being kept on. Uh, they're trying to consolidate their roster uh as they're trying to make a run at the Serie A title because 
everyone who made the Champions League outside of Atalanta has been weakened over this transfer window. And if anyone's wondering how exactly, well, Milan, well, AC Milan didn't buy anyone. Uh, Inter Milan sold half of everyone. And Juve Turin's. lost Ronaldo. So, yep. There. So, that's all the Serie A talk that we will be having for the rest of this podcast. Let's all get right. to the real topic that people have been wanting probably to listen to us about. Uh, well, I guess we could, we'll go over the two minor ones and get, hit the major one. Uh, Eunice ended up not making his move. Sad, but guess what? You're going to have to bust your hump now and kind of find what drove you to be a success last season and you have to do it in front of an entirely new coach. Yes, it's going to suck because you're basically starting uh, from square one all over again. But you know what? You decided on this career as your career, so you're not going to get a move out unless you look like you give a damn. So mm-hmm. give a damn better not be busted with that boy. Uh, Kamada, I mean, not really much to say on his. Wasn't that a joke? Uh, non-move. Like, I thought, I mean, he was linked uh, well, last sure. spring uh, to move to the Premier League, and it didn't come off. No one ended up wanting him. It was just kind of hilarious that that kind of ended up being what it was. So uh, there was well. Before we get to the big one, uh, we will admit that one player has left recently, and it still. This is one I'll let everyone kind of weigh in on. Zuber going on loan to AK Athens. Um, I think this is kind of a. I think this is a mistake in his career because I honestly thought that he would really relish the opportunity to, you know, be back in Europe with the Eintracht prove. I mean, he had to have been thinking, you know what, Kostic leaves, I got this. But, you know, it never came off, and he's left. And I really think that uh, I'm just sad that we never got to see the best of him. Uh, Nathan, I'll let you go first. Zuber just really, I mean, he really never got a chance, and he's in a in in a midfield in an offensive midfield that's awash with uh new players new talent he's never he was never going to get a chance to begin with um Lentz came in to potentially fill those non-costage days um amongst other players so i i actually really like zuber he he came he came off the bench a lot of times and gave a lot of energy to our to our play and oftentimes i don't think he got enough credit for that so i'll miss him i don't i don't really follow uh, Greek soccer too much. So I don't really know whether it's a, a lateral move or whatever. Uh, I do wish he was still in the Bundesliga. Um, I, I I enjoyed him. He's moving to a team that didn't even make Europe. Now, a big team within Greece, but you know, did not make Europe. All the best. But hey, you know what? If he gets to be a starter, you know what? Hey, if you want... Sometimes you just want to play and you just want to go somewhere to prove that you can play. And, you know, I can't fault him for that. Uh, Matt, I know you are really wanting to get your say on Zuba. I mean, he he showed his worth during the Euros, you know. I mean, he was the top assist player in the Euros. And it's it sucks because obviously with the European Championship, a lot of, like, emotions are come to play with, like, the players – 
talent, obviously a different kind of team dynamic and everything like that. But Nathan, you had a great point because every single time he got subbed in, you know, he definitely made that effort. You know, he was one of those rah rah kind of people who, you know, would stick through every single tackle no matter how late it was. <laughs> um, you know, making sure that, you know, you know, being that physical kind of player, but at the same time, you know, at least having some sort of like soccer common sense. Um, well, I miss him for sure. I mean, it definitely hurts us on the depth side of things. Um, I don't. Would have, I don't think I would have liked him seeing him playing on the wing um, instead of Kostic if he were to leave in a hypothetical, terrible world. But at the same time, I think he would have been a solid, you know, center defensive mid because, you know, he just reaches 30s. I'm pretty sure he just turned 30 like a couple of weeks ago. And now he, you know, it's, it's, well, I wish we could have carried his momentum from the Euros to the Bundesliga, I guess is what I'm saying. And, yeah. You know, it just, it's, it's, that's you know I thought I was I thought you know Prussia was going to be exciting, but even though Twitter's saying you know this was a fairly successful transfer market for us, I am on the fence of it. I don't I don't know how good of a transfer market it was. I mean, we lost our top striker to you know a sack of potatoes. We made a relationship worse with our best player. Um, yes, we got a great guy against Peter Howe, which is alone. Um, I think Sam Lammers will be also good, which is alone. And, um, you know, a little messy. I mean, Eunice would have been great, but, you know, he has, you know, he doesn't have the mentality that I thought. So it's, I don't know. I, I, don't know, I lost your question, Brian, but I hope I answered <laughs> it. <that. laughs> All right, let's get to the guy who we really want to talk about transfer action because transfer window is shut. And Philip Kostic did not make his move. Now, Information that we do know, facts are that Lazio, they are saying that they were given a bogus email address to send in the bid, and then they sent it in at, what, a third of what Eintracht was asking for, and they didn't find that out until later. Now, they then went about to Kostic, uh agent, and the agent told him what happened and he got really pissed because he was like, you know what? I want to move to Italy for context. Those players who come from the former country of Yugoslavia, they are all, all about this area. That's, that is the league that they have always seen as the pinnacle league. They're not looking necessarily at England or La Liga or at the Bundesliga. The Serie A to them is the spot where they want to be. Plus, Pretty easy to get there from their homes, whether they live in a Belgrade, Zagreb, Sarajevo, what have you. So, didn't like that. That's why he threw his strop last week after we had recorded. Uh, he didn't show up for training, so uh, missed out on the match day. And how much, uh, how much yeah. should they pay for? How much was Lazio's offer? Can we put that as yeah. first text as well? 10 million. Then it went up to 15 with bonuses. This is a club that usually doesn't... Yeah, this is a club that has more does, players does, on their roster than I'm trying. Does anybody else want a, a tissue to spit <laughs> off their face? <laughs> I got a bunch. Oh. And I got drenched. I don't Matt, know how you guys I, feel about that. To, to your point about uh, Croatia in this offseason and how everyone's giving them a pat on the back now, I think... Uh, to. I think Lazio is, is, is a shit club, but um, they saw what fucking Croatia gave up for 
for Silva, and we're like, yeah, they they're desperate for money. We're not gonna we're not gonna get anywhere. We're not gonna ask anywhere near his value. And so, part that you know, like that's the the transfer part. It was an, an embarrassment of even if they did receive the email, they wouldn't. I don't know. It's 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 offensive how low that is. First off, and second off, that's not how email works. Lazio, you can go fuck off. Like, <laughs> you know what? You know how non-deliverable emails work. You get an email back that says that the email doesn't work. Fucking jackasses. Like that's so bad. Like, how do you realize that so late on? Like, you call yourself a professional organization, and like Lazio. Um, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Rome, so it's just like I don't know. I mean, I, I, mean, I guess the. the Serbian Yugoslavian side of things, they love going there, but eh, I've seen better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it, I mean, I understand want the allure of the league, but the fact of the matter is, you wouldn't be going to the first club of Rome. You would be going to the second club of Rome. Now, are both clubs playing in uh, Europe? Yes, but I mean. He would have found uh, uh, Sari, the new coach at Lazio, who was uh, previously at Juventus and previously at Chelsea, and he would have not found that man uh, a very charming person to work with, as most people do, and the likelihood would have been that he would have been a want away, kind of like Jovic ended up kind of being. And... uh, yeah, so now we have a player that we have to deal with his indiscipline. So, what do you got? Brian, you've been kind of quiet <laughs> throughout this whole thing. How did you receive it, and how do you think the club needs to handle Costage going forward? Well, I'm <clears throat> I'm going to be a little... Like, I'm actually not worried about this at all. And I'm definitely not shedding any tears because Philip Costage is staying here. Um, You know... As a, I think with athletes and players, you, you put them back on the court or the field and things just work themselves out. You know, I, I don't see Kostic as a guy who's going to continue to be a problem. I think he's going to go out there and play hard and try to do his best. And maybe that's me being naive, but I, I really think because he's a competitor and he plays so hard, if you just put him back on, on the pitch, like it'll just work itself out. Well said. Yeah. Well said. I agree with you, Brian, but <laughs> it's it's. I definitely understand your side of things. I mean, I, I do feel like it is going to be a little, you know, it's definitely sour tasting Kostic's mouth. Yeah. But like, Nate said it best. Like, how the hell does Lazio not understand? Like, oh my god! Like, we just got a bounce back email. Like, I'm in sales. Like, I get bounce back deals all the, all the damn time. I know they exist. How does Lazio not understand yeah, that? Yeah, I'm really uh, I'm really skeptical of the email story. Like. Like these are these are professional clubs. Like I, how do you not find somebody's email or like pick up a phone and call somebody? Like right. If anything, Costa is a better marketing department and needs a better agent because <laughs> right. clearly there's a huge disconnect. Yeah, it's but like they're like we had this deal all done except we got they gave us the wrong email address <laughs> and we bid a third of what he's worth. Okay, like no, that's you didn't have any. Like that's all. Like that story sounds so fishy to me that I I like don't even believe it. Like that's the stupidest yep. thing I've ever heard of. It's such a rookie rookie mistake, and it's ridiculous. But like, it's still such a spit in the face. Like selling 
Andre Silva for 25 mil. Like, I was baffled yep. by that yeah. number. Like, that was, to your that old was, club. That was a kick to the dick. Not, like, yeah, and not even that we sold him for 25 million, but that we gave him to Leipzig mm-hmm. for that much. Like, why are we making that transfer in the Bundesliga? Like, if you're going to sell right. him for that, at least get him out of the Bundesliga. Right. And then selling and then getting an offer for 10 million for Kostic plus like 2 million add ons. It's like, we're only getting thirty five dollars for thirty five mil for two of our best players. Sorry, not in this fucking world. Right. Like that's yeah. not happening. Yeah, there's no way. And if it were, Croatia would be on. You know, there'd be you know, they'd be calling for his head at this point. Like that's ridiculous. You know, like well, I, I, the one thing I will say is we've got some like this transfer window. We've got some young talent. You know, Lindstrom is like he's pretty good. He's twenty one years old. Hauga's pretty good. He's 21 years old, and I know Hauga's on a loan, but, but we've got some young attacking talent here. And if if we did sell Kostic at some point, like, okay, I get it. We've got a 21-year-old guy who could step in and maybe, you know, fill those shoes. But I'm I'm definitely not upset that we didn't sell him, especially Lazio. Like, I can't stand Lazio ever since yeah. we played him in the, in the Europa League. Like I hate that team. So him going there would would have been I would have been very <laughs> the whole situation would have made me mad. Totally agree. This has been a fun fun transfer window indeed. So I guess here's the question, boys. Um and I'll go around the horn. Nathan, how would you rate this transfer window? Um well, first of all, I want to make note that uh, Chris dropped off from uh, Detroit. He had some internet problems, so we'll see you later, Chris. It's good to talk. He's on yeah. a boat, man. He, that sounds like a boat. No sympathy, He's on a boat. Just, just for continuity's sake. Uh, so, from the transfer window, I mean, everything's going to be set based off of, I mean, this is Captain Obvious, but how good we do the next few months, but I I I will grade Croatia with like a D on a grade scale. You know, I don't think he did well. I think that leading off with that Silva trade, um, I think I've left it off this podcast until now. But I have this running theory that anybody that comes out of the Leipzig um, uh, front office is conspiratorially still tied in like dark business (laughs) with. uh, this the soda cult and i think that's why i I, it only added to my tinfoil conspiracy that he gave them up for that little amount of money so i it either way regardless it doesn't send a good message to start off your sporting director uh first year selling your first player for that much people see blood in the water they're like they need money they're desperate whatever they're gonna start lowballing you and everything we got for, since then is, I mean, uh, we've got we've got some good ads and some good youth, some good bets for the future. But uh, for for this season, I'm not seeing too much, and that could just be COVID and how weird everything is. But um, COVID card is bullshit. <laughs> I guess all the that's transfers true. that are happening. I know. The past <laughs> couple months it's alone, been a real arms race, is, but no, it's such bullshit. Uh, yeah, I I don't think he did a good job. I do think that we could end up with a great team if Glastoner can can pull it together that so I've said all that to to say that now we have a system for which Glossner can work his 
regular uh, like formation. So with Lammers and Bore working together in their in their roles that they would like to play in versus where Bore has been playing, it's just not as his where he where he excels at. So I do think we could see some good stuff there. I still worry a lot about defense. So that's where I'll leave it. I don't think I think defense still scares me. And so we'll need to put up Silva type goals. And I don't know if we're going to be capable of that. So, yep. Matt. Yeah, I mean, I guess we want to stay on the educational grade scale. I'd probably give us a. I want to say D, but I want to say C minus. And the only reason why I'm saying C minus is because you got to have a little bit of hope. And that's what everything is about being a Frankfurt fan. You always, always, always have to have some sort of hope, no matter how many times you get trampled. That's the life of a, being a Frankfurt fan. That's the life of being an Adla. And I, I do want to, I do really, really think that Bori could be something pretty, really, pretty special for us. You know, if, you know, he progresses well in the next seven um, in the next seven game or six to f- uh, five to six game days, you know, Jens, he has all the tools with Jens Pitahauk, who's showing to be an instant impact for us. Hopefully, Kostic, you know, once he gets out of his funk, you know, that will help us blow out. Um, I think Sam, I think, you know, we've definitely gotten a little bit more experience in terms, you know, experience and a good mix of youth in our, you know, front three. It's just, you know, we got to find the connection for it. And then, yeah, right to your point, Nathan, I mean, our defensive woes are just going to continue being terrible woes. I mean, yes, clean sheet against Augsburg. When's the last time we had a clean sheet? Bielefeld, that long-range goal from, you know, on the low side of things and a little southern that, you know, not a good look on our side of things. And then obviously, you know, the 5-2 to two thrashing by Dortmund. So, like I said, I definitely think a little hope. I, I, I'm hoping Tuta becomes more of a beast as well for us in the back there. Um, and Deacon needs to, you know, get get his head straight a little bit more because he's definitely getting reckless in terms of tackles. And we can't afford him to have as many yellow cards as he did last year. We need him to, you know, actually be on the field there to help us on the offensive side of things. And, yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, I think a C-minus is a, a generous grade, a very generous grade. Brian, um, I'm I'm gonna be a little more Please. generous than, than the other two, and and to be to be yeah, honest, you're myself, depressed. Like I, I think I, the difficult thing about this transfer window is we're not really gonna see the fruits of it for a year. Yeah, because the guys that we brought in aren't ready. You know, I mean, Hauga's playing well. You know, but a lot of these guys are young. They haven't played in the Bundesliga very much. And, the, like, the guys that I'm, I'm most excited about, um, Lammers and the, the Matanovic guy, like, who knows if we'll see them much this year. But those two guys are big center forwards. They're fast. They're athletic. You know, they're six three six four guys, and, and they're big target guys in the middle, which is what, you know. Or he is not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, and, and and that's you know that's the kind of but the, that's the kind of of players he wants you know that's the Valt Veghorst type of guy like a big exactly athlete, forward. So oh yes, that's so true. God, I didn't even thought of that. While we're not going to see it, I don't think we're going to see the fruits of it this year. And I, I'm going to give him a C plus only because we kept Costich. If we would have sold Costich for 
thirteen million, I would have given them an F. But the yep. fact that we have uh, <laughs> The the fact that we got a bunch of guys with potential that I think are going to grow into really good players, and we managed to keep Kostic and Indica, like, you know, I'm, I'll give him a C plus. That's you pulled us out. Wait, I shouldn't say that. I don't know. <laughs> I am giving uh, the team a C. Uh, I am in the same uh, boat in that we brought in guys who have bright futures now. Um, is there a, you know, Lindstrom is definitely a guy that is one for the future. And Petahaug has got a, pr- his loan fee was really huge, but his buyout is small. Yeah. I think that's going to be that's a good point. pretty awesome. Uh, Djokovic and Lammers shouldn't be all too, they won't be really all too much. So it was really just getting, you know, a big enough lump fee for their loan deals and you know we're kind of gonna kind of go from there. Yeah, but um, why would we? But you said future like at least three or four times there, Brian. Like I'm so sick of future, future, future with us. Like <laughs> our youth program is absolute garbage, which is a whole different other situation. Uh, that like, is an entire I'm other podcast. Man. So so sick of like the world. <laughs> like, our future, we sell off. Like let's be in the no, now. Like where let's we where we are. Like unless we, we so hit, depressing. Unless, <laughs> we sound look, like if we had lives. if we had hit the Champions League. Different story. We're keeping every. It's kind of like when we had that Buffalo hurt. If you make the Champions League, that's the kind of money you can then, like, go to those guys and be like, "You're staying. With, you are being tied down. You're only going to leave for some stupid money." Kind of like how Jovic left for. You're going to play in the Champions League. We're going to build ourselves into uh, Dortmund. To me, Dortmund 2.0. Because I think. God, don't. Don't it's tell a me that. Ways to get to where Dortmund is. <laughs> yeah. I think it's yeah. I think it's a lot harder to get into the Dortmund phase in terms of being able to uh, punch well above the weight of everyone else in the Bundesliga except for Bayern, which is you know, hey, maybe maybe not this season, maybe next season, maybe the Eintracht will be in the Champions League and punching well above their weight. But you know what? There's talent here, and it's here to be mined. And you know what? What we got with Eunice, what we saw, that is the peak of what Eunice can do. And that was the best that he's like yeah. ever played at. And I always kept on thinking to myself, you don't have another gear. Yeah. And at least with a Lindstrom and a Haug, some people have – that next gear has been seen. There's a reason why Lindstrom – like cost seven million to go from Brombu from uh, uh, Denmark because he ha- helped. He was a key key figure in helping them wrest the championship away from uh, your Michelins and your uh, uh, God Copenhagen's. So got there in the end. And how is why this tiny team from north of the Arctic Circle was able to win the Norwegian Championship? I know someone. I know everyone's just rolling their eyeballs because it's Norwegian Championship, but. Um, if you come from up there, you're usually got to be something freaking special to be able to punch everything above. So there's that. Yes, Nathan. So you, you, Brian, you and Brian uh, both mentioned that Lammers isn't really ready for this year, but based on the, the loan and what I've been reading about him, this is, 
this is his year to break out. Like this is, he has put, been put into this position to be the starting striker. Um, the, the, the Veghorst. I still think it's, I still think that, I still think that Bore is still going to be used as the number one. I, I, I really think that they yeah. want a young, uh, like, like ready, like guy who's ready to show that he, it deserves to be in Europe because he will look at this as his very last opportunity within Europe sure. to make good. Otherwise, he's going back to South America or making a stop in Major League Soccer or Liga MX. He's going back to the Western Hemisphere if he fails with us. In the story. And you just kind of – I get the sense that whilst it's going to take him a second to finally you know, get everything too quick, I think that he – would be able to fire at a higher level than Lammers, though, you know, we've got so many matches to play. Uh, and I'll just rattle off who we have in the Europe League before. But Look, we've done a, this is a long, long, long uh, second one. We got Olympiacos, we got Fenderbahce, we have Antwerp. There's some decent teams, but there's also a lot of opportunity that will be there for this team to get better. And the only reason why I only gave it a C is because of the Silva transfer and the sheer mess at getting at the players who suddenly wanted out at how good we were, or I should say bad we were, at uh, making that be accomplished. You know, Bobich would have Bobich would have thrown them across the globe, I think. And, uh, well, hey, it's his first transfer window. Yeah, I'm only giving him a C. I well I'm, let me let me say this about Bore too is like we're not heavily financially tied to this guy like he came on a free so if if Lammers I think Lammers will get an opportunity and I think if Lammers wins the job like it's no like it's not like we're losing a bunch of money on the guy I, mean, I don't sure. think that they'll be played in the same manner so I don't I I don't think no, Bore won't. will be a striker that's my that's my opinion I think he'll be he'll be he, he he'll be with, he'll be attacking midfielder. He plays out in the left for uh, Colby. Or four four. That's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. I yeah. I think we're going to see like a, a not to this is apples and oranges a little bit, but not really uh, a Jovic Aller situation. Um, yeah. yeah. Ooh, like that. Yeah, or he goes back uh, to yeah. the three in the back and plays two strikers up top. Eh. We have such a bad disconnect between our midfielders and our strikers that I'm okay with having, you know, four in the back, having that, you know, some sort of defensive, um, I don't even want to call it barrier, cone, defensive cone that we have there. And then <laughs> possibly like, you know, so and maybe this Yakich guy yeah. or however the hell you pronounce it yeah. in the middle. And then depending how Kostic feels, it's going to be Kostic or, uh, Kusic on the left side, and then put Jens Pertzahauer on the right side, and then both Bore and uh, Sam, uh, Sam Lammers up there. I mean, I definitely can see that being a potential. I mean, if we keep playing the way we play in these next two, three games, I don't see what other option we have because we can't afford to keep losing these games if we're looking to become a consistently Europa League team, you know? And at this point, like, I don't even see us being top ten, like I mentioned before. So it's... It's it's going to be after a lot a lot of you know, creativity is going to have to come from Gloucester, which makes sense because Wolfsburg yep. has been like that. But it's it's kind of funny that there's been a lot of turmoil since we've had so much change. And I don't want to point any fingers on Gloucester or Karsha, It's just the nature of everything. But 
I gotta stop sounding so fucking goddamn de- like depressed. <laughs> let's, I love let's this team, but holy crap! Of, let's take ourselves <laughs> out of depression because this is the one of the longest we've ever had in the history of hate. I tracked Frankfurt podcast. Nathan, you know what? It's our favorite time of the podcast. It's time for a hashtag. What are we drinking? It is September. You know, fall is just around the corner. What season is that for? It's Mertzen season for me. <laughs> yes, it is. All right, Nathan, you are the brewmaster, and then I'll let everyone else kind of say their bit. What do you have to bring to hashtag? Um, what are we doing? I'm still waiting for my Mertzen to to mellow out, um, but we're still at the tail end. Uh, y- y'all will won't be. Um, New to the new to knowing this, but um, I'm still kind of in tomato season, so uh, you know micheladas. It's all I'm drinking right now. Tomato beers. Oh, they're the best. <laughs> there you go, uh, Matt. You've been drinking a lot of Greek beer and other kinds of beer. I uh, do not doubt. What are you drinking? Uh, I wish I was drinking some Cretan beer, some Cretan ale. I mean, one of them was called Alpha, which sounded so like. You know, intimidating to drink, but it was just a very, very light like beer. Nothing special out of it. But what I'm drinking tonight is some industrial arts, um, classic wrench, pink can, um, the lunch and tropical hazy IPA. Um, probably a top two, top three beer, favorite beer of mine. But put behind slip juice and. Hmm. Mm. I'll get back to him. <laughs> but yeah, French industrial arts is definitely <laughs> my, one of my favorite beers. There you go. Brian, what do you have to bring to hashtag what are we drinking? Well, I'm I'm going to be the boring one tonight because I've been having to use my voice a lot. So I just got a little hot tea. Hey, with man, some honey nothing wrong it. with that. Oh, my God. Love nature. And uh, yeah, I'm. I'm sure there would be a little bit more whiskey in it. Uh, but hey, you know what? You guys already breathe a sigh of relief as the hurricane kind of missed you. So yeah. um, we can uh, talk about that off air <laughs> as uh, we have a few bits uh, to say at the start of uh, segment two after hashtag what are we drinking? Because my entry is up. So it's medicine season and I have the Vespia. Uh, from Casey Beer Company, their fest beer is always just, they have multiple awards won in the last couple of years uh, for it, and this is possibly the best batch yet. I'm not mm. going to lie, the malt, the, the taste, uh, <laughs> and I've already had a bad Martin, uh, I've already had a bad one. Uh, from a brewery called uh, Fields and Ivy. Let's put it this way. There was a failure and there's a success. (laughs) And they taste so distinctly different, it's not even funny. So that is what I am drinking. All right, that's going to wrap it up for segment one, a long one at that, and we'll be back with segment two.
And we're back. Hey, I tried for segment two of the podcast. Uh, gonna be a little bit quicker. This <laughs> Nathan, you have uh, a fan scene submission. What do we got? Oh yeah. Uh, so uh, Chris in Austin down with AFSA, um, Austin Adler. Um, him and uh, the other folks down there are doing a a, a rendition of Imherzen von Europa. Um, and they need, they need everyone's help. So I've, I've contributed my voice. Um, you don't have to listen to yourself after you record it. So you just gotta, you just gotta record it, <laughs> hit the save button and send it on to, to us. And, uh, we'll, we'll make sure it gets to the right hands and we won't judge you. I've, I, I, if, if, if you need to hear mine on solo, I'll send it to you. I'm not proud of it, but just so you can make fun of me that's totally fine you can do that uh, but anyways yeah we're just trying to build our own you know from the from the fans out here so uh so yeah if you can help out um reach us read out reach out to us to our email address you can look that up um in various ways or our twitter you can dm us there or uh, jump in the discord and, and talk to us there so yeah we're gonna get a big chorus so you're not gonna hear yourself particularly but we just want the big booming fan base to sing the song so there you go and we're going to have music backing it, too. So Chris is recording some things. Other people are recording some instruments. So it'll be pretty cool. All righty. And, uh, yeah, let's get into uh, the Frowling Corner, the return of Frowling Corner. Uh, we will be having a kind of more in-depth uh, discussion with the Frowling in a couple, you know, just a little bit of time, uh, laying up an interview with a uh, Frowling Bundesliga expert. I'm going to keep that kind of hush-hush at this moment in time. So uh, in case anyone was curious, we ended the weekend on a high, a two-to-one victory uh, by really uh, Laura Frygang with the double as the Eintracht women start the season with a 2-1 win over at SC Sand. Um, this was played in front of a 1,000 fans, and they really uh, mentioned in the post-match com- comments how much it mattered to them having those fans in there. We talked last week how we'd like to see the Frauen team be playing in the Stadium, but, you know, in the meantime... If things are what they are, well, uh, so long as the Eintracht keep on winning, that's all that matters. So uh, kudos to the ladies for pulling off another victory over SC Send. I hope that is just the start of something more from the front one. Because look, they made that run to the final, the the front one broke out. That we were so so excited for that. We actually thought, yeah. "Hey, maybe this is the step forward." But perhaps this season is that next, is almost like uh, how seventeen eighteen was for us when we finally uh, got over the hump into winning the Pokal and then kind of pushed forward. Perhaps that is what is coming up next for the Eintracht, and next up for them is uh, this Sunday against uh, SC Freiburg. SC Freiburg, uh, they were defeated at the weekend, so uh, the Eintracht will be looking to just just add to that tally. Why not? Because, you know, we're the Eintracht, and we should be carrying on the traditions that were brought on when uh, FC, FC Frankfurt joined the club. So, any case. First Eintracht win of the season for everyone, so... Hell yeah. Exactly. 
drink. I'll drink to that. So we had a little bit of a uh, put it out there on our social media platforms uh, for a Q&A section. Some of these were uh, answered already, but I'll still read a couple of these guys out. Uh, Chris in uh, ooh, Dallas. Sorry, Chris. Chris in Dallas says, We have a good forward and a good midfielder brought in uh, with the two signings. Kostic and Eunice need to be handled correctly, and I hope this coach is able to make a great team out of them. Kind of talked about this, but can't. I mean, I'd like to say that this team can uh, become something. And uh, I. Okay, I'll just be Mr. Optimistic and say that, you know what? Gaza, if we give him time, the guy can make stuff happen. If he can take Las Glintz, uh from being a seller uh, from uh, second division of Austria to suddenly uh, giving Salzburg a run for the title, I mean, you know, give the guy time. He's already got a track record now in the Bundesliga. Or, uh, let him build and uh, get it, find him a big horse. Yeah. Or if the one of these guys is a vet course, um, run that run that guy until you just run run into the ground because that dude was freaking savage and he's apparently done a lot put a he put a lot in place because guess who has three wins from three in the Bundesliga <sighs> and we all thought that they were going to be miserable and yet three matches in three wins so he obviously did something right. Um, Neil, Neil in Arizona says, uh, I'm frightened. Our defense isn't strong and the offense can't score enough to make up for it. Uh, we kind of have talked about the defense quite a bit on this podcast. Uh, I think the offense is just a matter of time, but that defense is thin, boys. I mean, to me, the best defensive addition that we had was Linz. And honestly, that gives us really has given us the flexibility of being able to play four at the back. And Linz can also, you know, push up forward. We saw him do that for Union. I feel positive about at that, but the lack of depth could be telling. I'll let you guys kind of chew on that. I mean, yeah, we've been preaching it this whole time, you know. Our defense isn't strong, and the offense can't score enough. I mean, Neil put it, put it straight to it. It's just... It's you know that we're not there's no connection between the midfield and the strikers. Our our final third is absolutely atrocious. Um, you know we're letting players from Bielefeld shoot from 30, 40 yards out, and you know then actually hitting the net and scoring. You know it's um it's it's red flags all over the place. That's for sure. It's not going to be you know a joyous season after a great you know three three years that we've had so far with the club. Um, and I mean I guess. You know, can't always be going up and up and up. Otherwise, you know, we'd be sitting here and, you know, bitching about Champions League, you know, winning it like that, like, you know, Bayern fans do. But, you know, we are a long ways ahead of that, and it's just frustrating that, you know, it's just another situation where there's been a lot of change within, you know, key aspects of the club, and, you know, we're paying the price for it. And I think as fans, as, you know, being one of the most passionate fans in the Bundesliga, if anything, the most passionate fan club. Um, it sucks to see. It sucks to be hurt like this on a you know, regular basis. And it just brings back old memories. And it's, you know, 
struck you got we better be thrashing Stuttgart at least three nothing because that that <laughs> yeah. is a must. Like that is a must for my mentals. Literally that for is, my mental health. Can't drop can't lose. That is one of those matches where, hey, you know what? You're at home, you're gonna have a team that is gonna be fighting for moving up the table and you gotta take points uh all if not one yeah in the story and speaking of especially against Bielefeld (laughs) we're gonna get relegated are you kidding me (laughs) I'm done I'll say this one I'll say this much about the Bielefeld match comparing that Bielefeld team to the two variations we saw last season and I just I'll put my hands up and say that BFL team that we faced uh, last weekend is way better than what we faced at any yeah, point last agreed. By yeah, agreed. By a landslide. Yeah. Duan there. We'd like that be better. I mean, we're not trying to you know say that hey, we were lucky to get the point, but at the end of the season, I'll say this much: better to have gotten the point now and then be you know months down the line than saying, oh, uh, you know, what about what about this? What about that? Look, we got point on the road in our first road match of the season. We got a, oh, excuse me, second road match of the season. I keep on kind of forgetting about that Dortmund. I tried to forget about the Dortmund match because it was what it was. But God damn it. I just uh, got over Mannheim. Uh, <laughs> that's a pull cow, pull cow, pull cow. Uh, anywho, uh, as I mentioned, uh, the Europa League uh, will be taking place uh, starting on the 16th as Eintracht welcomes Fenerbahce. Then we go on uh, to Belgium uh, against Antwerp. No, absolutely nothing about them. Fenerbahce, I know they are on the Asian side of the Bosphorus in Istanbul in a traditional big club. And they actually have Mesut Ozil uh, still there. And uh, Greek champions Olympiakos. This is a team that uh, should be tricky. So I, I, this will be difficult. But the thing is that each of those two teams, whilst they'll want to focus on Europe, guess what? The guess what Olympiakos and Fenerbahce fans expect of their teams? They expect them to play for the championship of each of their individual countries. Yeah, and. I think that will provide Eintracht with the opportunity to get second, if not first. Oh, boy. <laughs> we got to worry about ourselves more. I mean, that's the real issue here. I mean, I feel like that's how we played it last year. I mean, we had Lazio and Marseille in our group, and, you know, we pretty, pretty, or was it last year or two years ago? Sorry, I must be mixing things up. But um, either way, like, I, we got to be more worried about ourselves than, you know, Fernabachi, Antwerp, and Olympiacos, like, yes, they definitely don't worry about, you know, their um, leagues in their, in their nation, but I don't know. I don't know how you, you guys feel about it, but I feel like it's definitely an easy group, but I don't want to take it for granted, you know? Cause it's going to be difficult. more worried about us than them. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a difficult one, but hey, we got time on the training field and everything yeah. else, so should be all good. Well, that's it. That's all we had for Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. It's been fun having uh, one of the biggest crews here to talk about all things Eintracht Frankfurt. This episode 182. At least the silly season is over. Thank Boys, we can get back next God. week. God. Uh, Thank God. <laughs> we can at least say 
it's all said and done. We just got to deal with the fact that everyone's playing three freaking games, uh, two or three matches. Like, this bananas, but I've already ranted a tiny bit on that earlier in the podcast and last week. I think I spent a good, like, three minutes ranting about that, too. So, anywho's, uh, now we get to the end of the show where we say our goodbyes, but uh, first we go around the table where everyone can be found in the social media landscape of the world. Where, Brian, where can we find you in your writings and your commentary? <laughs> you can find me on uh, Twitter at it's at Brian Gilcrest, and you can also uh, find my blog out there, which is on on the wings of Dare Adler. There you go. There you go. You can find me on Discord, uh, meandering about iTract, or on Twitter at N-A-J-A-K-W-A. All right. And Matt, where can we find you in the social media landscape of the world? Just going to share the Twitter one here today. It's going to be the one at wagm8 underscore. Um, that's my Twitter handle. There we go. And you can follow me at KCSG on Twitter. Follow the show. That is at HEFPOD on Twitter and Facebook.com slash HEFPOD. Hey, I'm Trent Freeford at <laughs> gmail.com. Yeah, thanks for listening to episode 184. Until next time, choose. Hey, I'm a fine for a la 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 Hey, I'm a fine for a la 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 la